about this. This week I've been um, in a conversation with some people and like, what do you want to say? If you could change things, what would you do? And um, I think that, that goes back to what do we pray about? You know, Philip spoke last week about prayer, but it's like what stops us praying fervently? And I think um, it's that we think we can't make a difference or that, oh, I'm not important or we're just so, can get so under things. And I was in this conversation and um, <laughs> coffee machine's going to go. <laughs> I was in this conversation and thinking about that God creates all of us with a purpose and um, that there's things that he places in our heart and that he writes within our story. And, but it's what, what holds us back from that. And, you know, when you, look at, when, when you look at God's story, that he has a cause and he's motivated and, and he was very strategic. If you look through the word, he's very strategic. And it's like he's, we're made in his image, so we, you know, you hear the, what's your purpose? How many times in life have you heard that? What's your, and it's like people are inspired behind a cause, Yes. And um, what difference can you make in the world? And, you know, counterculture, the little, the little moves that, that have happened throughout history are often go in counterculture, like opposite of what is happening. Any great move has started with a little move, yes? And, um, and I was thinking about that and we're having these big conversations and I've been pondering upon it, as I do, that God, his biggest cause... Like God, the creator of the universe, his biggest cause is actually us. The cause he has is actually us. We are his cause, his reason for everything, for the Old Testament, for all the laws, for all the you know, teachings, all through the Old Testament you see. It was like for a purpose and it was for us to redeem us, to rescue us, to save mankind. If you look at Jesus all the trouble of his birth. I mean, you just read Matthew and Mark and Luke and it's like so much trouble for him to be born, you know? And then you look at, you know, the angels showing up and the shepherds had to be here and Mary and Joseph had to be in a specific town and then they had to move. It's like there's a lot of going on. All of heaven was behind that. You know, you look at Jesus' life and his ministry and then his crucifixion and then he rose again and then the starting of, you know, the day of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit came and then the starting of the early church and then God would move this person and then they'd move that person. He even made people run really, really fast, you know, so that they could be in a certain spot at a certain time and then he'd take them to another place. What was that all about? It was for us. He has a cause and the cause is us, which is pretty amazing. We really can't have bad self-images when we actually think about what God has done and what he thinks and feels about us because he does it all for us. You know, there's a saying, and a great evangelist, they say, you know, like any evangelism, they say, if you are the only person in the world, God would have still done what he's done. He would still have sent Jesus because you are his cause. I am his cause. And like he sees us and we're important. And, the, and it's like we often, the enemy attacks, you know, the world has all this unworthiness and, and you're just you know, not important and don't rise too high because you're, you know, the tall poppy syndrome. Don't, you don't get too big. But it's actually God 
We are his cause and he thinks we're spectacular and he thinks we're worthy enough to go to the cross for. He thinks we're worthy enough that he would have gone through all that. He thinks he's worthy enough that we would have come from heaven in the first place because he sees each one of us all through. Before we're even born, he knew all about us. When we were being knitted together in our mother's wombs, he knew all about us. The day we were born, he knew. When we lie down, he knows about it. When we get back up, it's because we are his cause. Think about that for a minute. You are God's cause. You know when everybody's like, what is my purpose? You are God's purpose. You just have to read the Bible to see that. And um, if that's the truth, and that's what the word says, that God so loved the world that he sent his only son. So we are his cause. If we're that important, shouldn't that make it that I am my cause too? That if God sees us as being important and you're worth this, that instead of like putting ourselves and relegating ourselves to the bottom or going, oh, I've got to do this first, because we can get it kind of back to front. We're like, oh, no, I can't think about me. But in actual fact, God thinks about us. Is that we make, so I was thinking, what is my cause? And the God said, God said, I want you to be your cause because I want you to shine. And when you think about being just as spectacular as you possibly can be, then you will glorify me. But if you keep on putting yourself, oh, putting, you know, just procrastinating or putting yourself over here and not feeding into the potential and the talents and the gifts that I've put inside of you, not giving time for yourself, you know, if we keep on doing that, we, we don't see ourselves as the same as God sees us and that we are worth, worth it. We don't make ourselves our cause. You know, and it says, love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. And then it says, love your neighbour. As you love yourself. But if we don't love ourselves, how on earth can we love our neighbour very well? Maybe that's the problem. Yeah? Why there's so much disconnection? Why we don't really love the person next to us? Because we don't first love ourselves. Because we haven't made ourselves important in our own eyes. And so I was like thinking about it, that we can actually make... I can make me my cause. You say, what's your purpose? My purpose is to be spectacular. Now, it's not very, it doesn't sound very spiritual, but it actually is really spiritual because if Jesus came and did all that for me, he sees me as worth it. And so therefore I should see myself as worth it, that I would take everything that he has given and I would, I would seek to use it that I would give myself time and space just to rest and to feel loved and, and to love on me. You know, like Miriam runs a thing called Beautiful Me. Is that right? A beautiful You. <laughs> it's like because that's how God sees us. And it's like drawing out those things that he felt were a big enough cause to go to the cross for, to go through all that trouble throughout all of history. So if we acknowledge that we are worth being a cause for, then we'll love and care for ourselves in a greater way and then we'll be able to love others better too. If you're having trouble loving others, maybe you need to love on yourself first because as Creflo Dollar, he has a, is give out of the overflow. 
If you're having trouble giving, if you're having trouble being generous and kind and all those things, perhaps it's because you're not loving yourself. You're not seeing yourself as worth it. You're not seeing the good things about yourself. You're not having any dreams and chasing after them. You're feeling like, oh, maybe it's why you don't pray those fervent prayers because it's like, I'm just feeling so bad about me or the energy to just keep on going all the time. It's like give yourself time because you are worth it. You're God's cause. So God wants us, I think, to look at ourselves and saying, make yourself your cause today. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Because you hear a lot of rhetoric out there about, you know, what's, what's, what's the purpose? And, and especially this generation, they want to have something to be inspired by out there. But firstly, shouldn't we be inspired by here? Why are we always looking outside when we really need to be looking at us? Look at us and go, what, who am I? And how has God made me and created to be? And how can I be most spectacular for him? Because when I do that, I shine. And when I shine, I glorify him and I, I attract people to the light that's within me that is from him. So make yourself your cause this week. It actually is just a little flip on, you know, the thinking of, of oh, it's out there about everybody else. Yes, but we must love our neighbour as we love ourselves. If the creator of the universe saw fit to make you his cause, cause, then a reason for all the fuss that all of heaven got involved, then perhaps today we should get in agreement with his plan and purpose and make you your cause too. Um, this, book, I, I, this book has been just like fascinating me. It, it's really, really cool. Now, I, I found this book this, um, this week. Well, Becky was cleaning up her room and she found this book. Now, it looks like just a very bright coloured book. But it's actually really cool because within the book, on each line of the page, is actually a story. So the lines are made up of a story. I can't even read that. But it's actually, you'd have to get a magnifying glass and she had really good eyes. But that it's actually the line of famous stories like so Jane Eyre and... Little woman and all those things. You know, it's not actually. It's lots of different ones. I had a look. So it's like it's got it's got all the lines are made up of famous authors, and so it's a, it's a whole book written within the lines of the page, and then you're to write on that your own story, your own thoughts. Now I've been thinking about that, and I've been thinking because I think as I do that it's much the same as what God does when we have his story and we are given an invitation to write our story within the lines of his story, that we write between the lines of the story that he has made and planned out from the beginning of all time, that his, his story is already written and we are part of that, but he asks us to write between the lines. And I thought, wow, isn't that cool? And it, it, it just, it's visual. I'm a visual person. So when I saw it, I went, oh, this is just like what God does. He's written it all out. His word has it all out. He has a plan and a purpose for each one of us. But he asks us and he invites us to write our story between the lines of his story. So they're all intertwined in this lovely tapestry. Isn't that cool? And, um, you know, 
many people, there's, and there's lots of little sayings and you see them out on, on um, Facebook and YouTube and wherever, Instagram, and it's like, you know, let God write your story, give him the pen. So you don't have a part of it. Just like give him the pen and he'll write your love story, he'll write your destiny. And it's like that's true but it's not true because in actual fact God has already written the story and then he invites us to use our imagination. And He says I've put dreams in your heart and he says dream them. He, he wants to inspire us to great things. He says you will do great things, greater things even than I have done, Jesus said when he, when he, when he walked the earth and it's like... He wants us to take responsibility. So he doesn't just give us, you know, give us these dreams and then takes back the pen. He says, here, let's write the story together. I'm the greatest author of all time, but I'm giving you invitation to write the story and to pick up the pen and I'll, and I'll write it with you. I'll inspire you. I'll, I'll put a little dream here. Or I'll put a thought here and I'll trigger your imagination there. And it's like he wants us to write between the lines of his story that he's written already. Not just, oh God, you have the pen and I'll just do whatever. Because we can do that in church. We can hyper-spiritualize everything and then we take no responsibility for anything, for how our life is going, for the decisions we're making, for the dreams that we're meant to be running after. We just go, oh well, God, you write. And we don't engage with him. We don't entwine our life with him. We just sit back. And nowhere in God's word do I see sitting back, apart from when you're resting for a bit. And then you run. He let Elijah rest. Well, he had a little sad. And then he said, now get up and run. Philip was minding his business. And then he was suddenly running alongside a chariot. You know, David, he ran into battle towards Goliath. He had a little rest while he played his harp out with the sheep, playing songs, and then he said, run. Yes? And it's like, so he wants us to take the pen with him and to write our story with him, that it be all entwined with this massive, amazing destiny that he has planned out from the creation of the world. And guess what? He's written the last chapter. We win. He's written the last chapter. And you know the big plot moments in our life? Yes, he's probably written the framework of those up too. He knows where you want to go. He knows where he wants to get you. But it's like, come on, let's write this story together. Right between the lines. Get involved. Not just sit back and go, well, God, you do it. Otherwise, he wouldn't have given us the ability to dream and to imagine. But then he says, I will do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond anything that you can dream or ask or think or possibly pray for. I will do it. But that says that he actually wants us to dream too. So you can't just be God wants the pen. He wants us to have the pen. And he wants us to partner with him. So today I want to encourage you, and I know we've been doing this all year or since December last year, is... What is your vision? What is your dream? What is it that inspires you? What is in your heart? What are the things you that like, oh, I'd like to do that? Well, pick up your pen and keep writing them. I know like Mary and I talk and we're like, you know, we have a day where we, every day we write down our goals. We write down the dreams. We write down what we're heading towards because it keeps us fresh. It keeps us thinking about it. It keeps us writing out the dream in our heart. But if you haven't done that yet or you're listening online and you haven't done that, pick up the pen, spend time with the Lord, dream, imagine, think about what, you, what God possibly would have put you here for. 
What is it in your heart? And then pick up your pen and with him, right between the lines of his amazing story so that you are part of it. That you actually feel like you're part of God's story for this time and this hour because you are here for this time for a purpose. You could have been born 100 years ago, but you were not. You are here now for a reason and a purpose. Entwine your story, the things that are in your heart, with his heart and then see what God can do. Amen? So, Lord, let's pray. Lord, I thank you that um, you, you have already written the best story ever to be told, the story of just redemption and salvation and overcoming, Lord, and that we win in you. But, Lord, but we have a part to play in how that all unfolds for every part of history, for every season, for every time. And, Lord, we are here now. So, Lord, I pray that you would ignite in our hearts visions and dreams. Lord, remind us of what we've talked about previously, what we've th- prayed about, what we've put on our vision boards. Lord, that you would remind us and you'd keep, keep reminding us so that we can continue to write out our story with you. And, Lord, the big plot parts where you've already framed them up, Lord, that we would, we would be aware of those things and just keep on heading towards them. Just encourage us, Lord, today, wherever we are, wherever we're listening. Encourage us, Lord, to dream and to be inspired by your great story, of the stories of other men and women that have gone before us, that have entwined their stories with yours. That we might be like them. And thank you that they cheer us on, that we're surrounded, Lord, by a great cloud of witnesses that cheer us on. We thank you, Jesus. Amen.